Hello listeners, welcome to another episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza, with your host, Grace Hopper. Today's episode centers around world news and abuse. New York Post by Lee Brown, January 2nd, 2023. Tate's angels unmasked as teen says she dodged accused influencers' ring. New details have emerged about the women accused of helping Andrew Tate run a sex and porn ring, as a Romanian teen claimed the alleged twisted influencer tried to rope her in when she was just 16 years old. Tate's suspected accomplices, Georgina Naghel, 28, and Luena Radu, 32, who have been dubbed Tate's angels, were busted along the accused rapist and his brother, Tristan, at the Romanian headquarters of their alleged crime operation on Thursday. Naghel, a U.S. citizen, is rumored to be Tate's girlfriend, while Radu is a former cop who turned to porn, according to the Times of London. Long before she was handcuffed in the raid, Radu had worked four years at the police station in central Bucharest. She stated in official paperwork that she had just $480 to her name when she quit in 2014, the outlet said. She started working in adult chat rooms, which was how she met Tate, who ultimately hired her as his administrative assistant, helping him to manage his online business empire, the UK Times said. Under the name Early Durley, she posted glamorous social media images from across the world, as well as X-rated images from her OnlyFans account. Her last tweet was in December 21st, 2022. It featured her in intoxicating black underwear with an open blue fur-like jacket and hat while outside in the snow. I want to chat with you, tell you my secrets, and show unrealistically hot videos that will blow your mind, she wrote pushing Christmas deals on her racist side. Naghel also posted glamorous shots from global hotspots, with some showing her boyfriend's sports car. Both women are now sharing the same police cell in Bucharest after being accused of helping to coerce and control at least six women, whom Tate's alleged enterprise forced into producing porn, multiple UK reports said. These two women are Tate's trusted lieutenants and his angels, a police source told Mail Online. They are an important part of the crimes that took place because they made sure that the women being held against their will did as they were told. The Tate brothers financially benefited from these crimes and so did these two women. They live a fantastic life which is not in keeping with their financial position. Romanian investigators have accused Tate of using the lover boys method, seducing unsuspecting women before forcing them to perform in porn under the threat of violence from his organized gang. That is the exact method that the teenage daughter of Romanian political analyst Cosmin Gusa says the one-time champion kickboxer attempted to use on her when she was just 16. I had just created an account on Instagram when I received a message quite suggestive in which Andrew Tate basically asked me to go out with him, 
Daria Kusa, now 19, told the local outlet Realitati Plus. It seemed strange to me that someone with millions of followers would contact me who had 200, she said, before realizing he had made similar approaches to many of her friends and colleagues too. She thinks that Tate had no idea her dad was a well-known political analyst. She stopped chatting with Tate. She said other young women contacted by him told her that the former UK reality TV star bragged about his luxury cars, the restaurants he would take them to, his 20 million euro plane while trying to seduce them. I'm sure that their method is used by many pimps in Romania, she said, of the alleged criminal group, stressing that fortunately my friends were not so naive. She suggested it was the US Embassy that finally reported the operation to local officials, which she speculated could mean some diplomats or Americans who had ties to the Tate brothers and to cover it up may have been involved. These guys have trained their girls to record their clients. It's very easy to blackmail important people, she told the local outlet. Tate previously said in an online video that 40% of the reason I moved to Romania was because rape laws are more lenient there, the UK Times noted. I'm not a effing rapist, but I like the idea of just being able to do what I want, said the self-styled self-help guru, who previously said women should bear some responsibility for being raped. He, his brother, and their two alleged accomplices on Friday were ordered to be held for another 30 days. Tate denies any exploitation of women. What are your thoughts on this particular issue? BBC News, reported by Daniel DeSimon and Ali Winston, 2nd of January 2023. MI5 had evidence teen terror suspect was exploited. Evidence showing the grooming and sexual exploitation of a schoolgirl was handed to MI5 months before she was charged with terrorism offences. A BBC News investigation had found. The prosecution of Rhiannon Rood was later dropped after the Home Office concluded that she was a victim of exploitation. She was only 15 when she became the youngest charged with terror offences in the UK. She took her own life in a children's home in May 2022. Her mother says investigators should have treated her daughter as a victim rather than a terrorist. The case raises questions about how the UK deals with the problem of children involved in extremism, according to the senior lawyer responsible for reviewing terror laws. Rhiannon was born in Essex and later moved to Derbyshire. She had difficulty building relationships and struggled in life, Miss Carter said. She was also diagnosed as autistic. Rhiannon had run away from home in the past and there was social service involvement with the family. Her mother acknowledges she made mistakes but always tried to do her best. Evidence shows the then partner of Rhiannon's mother also had an influence. Miss Carter says this was kept from her. The partner, the American Dax Malaburn, had been a part of a white supremacist prison gang in the U.S. He met Rhiannon's mother via a pen pal system for prisoners. Before Rhiannon was arrested, Malaburn's relationship with her mother had broken down and he returned to the U.S. But the BBC had discovered that Cook and Malaburn had been in contact with Cook telling him to teach Rhiannon the right way. 
During police interviews, Rhiannon described being coerced and groomed, including sexually and having sent explicit images of herself to Cook. The abuse she described eventually result in a formal government finding of exploitation. Under modern slavery laws, certain public bodies like the police are required to notify the Home Office about any potential victims of exploitation they encounter. However, in the months before Rhiannon was charged, none of the organizations involved referred her to the specialist Home Office unit that considers such cases. This was not due to a lack of information. The BBC found out that around the time of Rhiannon's arrest, MI5 received evidence showing she had been exploited, including sexually, by Cook. An FBI investigation had uncovered messages and images from Cook's devices showing Rhiannon's being groomed, coerced, and exploited. The FBI handed the material to MI5. Rhiannon spent over six months on bail, waiting for a charging decision. Her mother says this period led to a decline in Rhiannon's mental health with instances of self-harm, running away, and attempted suicide. Derbyshire social services were involved. She was later moved into care. In April 2021, more than six months after the arrest, she was charged with six terrorism offences for having earlier possessed instructions for making explosives and weapons. Prosecutors alleged one set of instructions were connected to a potential planned attack. Days after she was charged, when newly appointed defense lawyers intervened, Derbyshire Council referred Rhiannon to the Home Office as a possible victim of exploitation. It took a further seven months for a decision to be made. When it came, the Home Office concluded that she had been trafficked and exploited. Rhiannon is part of a trend of growing numbers of children, often involved in online right-wing extremism, being investigated by MI5 and police. Cases involving children are complex. A child might have been groomed and exploited, but nevertheless pose a genuine risk of harm to others. Rihanna's mother thinks her daughter should never have been charged. Christopher Cook, the American who exploited Rihanna, has pleaded guilty to the U.S. to a neo-Nazi terrorist plot along with others to destroy a power grid. He had been on bail awaiting sentencing. Rhiannon's mother had warned Derbyshire Council about the risk of Rhiannon taking her own life. In emails to a social worker in 2021, she wrote, I hope she doesn't kill herself when in a room on her own. In Rhiannon's room at the children's home, access to items that could be used as ligatures were banned due to the risk of self-harm and suicide, but she gained access to one. Age 16, she was found dead in May 2022, over 12 hours after she retired to her room the night before. What are your thoughts about this particular incident? Kindly leave a comment. Thank you. CNN News. Pakistani courts freeze convicted rapist after agreement to marry his victim. Reported by Sophia Taifi and Ria Mogorol. 29th of December 2022. Islamabad, Pakistan. A court in Pakistan has agreed to free a convicted rapist after it was agreed he would marry his victim. His lawyer said enraging rights activists who say the ruling risks normalizing sexual violence in the South Asian country. 
Daulat Khan, 23, was convicted in May of raping a deaf woman, 36 in 2020, in the northeastern district of Swat, Karelber, Paktumkwa province, according to his lawyer, Ali Khan. He was sentenced to life in prison and fined 100,000 rubies, about $440, said the lawyer, who is not related to his client. The woman later gave birth to a child as a result of the rape, the lawyer added. On Monday, the Peshawar High Court acquitted Daulat Khan after the two were legally married earlier in December, following an out-of-court settlement made by a local jigar, a council of elderly men who made decisions based on Sharia law. Sharia, also known as Islamic law, is an interpretation of the faith's sacred texts and traditions that varies greatly across the Muslim world. Swat is a mostly rural and conservative district where deeply ingrained, often brutal patriarchal and misogynistic attitudes remain prevalent. It is not uncommon for a jigar to settle cases in many parts of Pakistan on so-called taboo issues such as childbirth outside of marriage, Critics have long accused Jigar of perpetuating a culture of victim shaming, especially on issues of rape and sexual assault. The Human Rights Commission of Pakistan, HRCP, called the Peshawar Scott verdict a gross violation of law and a miscarriage of justice. HRCP urges the state to appeal the ruling and uphold its commitment to women's rights, he said in a statement. In 2021, more than 5,200 women reported being raped in Pakistan, according to a HRCP report. But activists say the number could be much higher, as the crime often goes underreported out of fear. In Pakistan, the issue is compounded by corruption in courts and within the police, experts say. According to Legal Aid Society, a non-government organization that provides legal help to underprivileged people, about 60% of rape victims withdraw their claims, mostly due to lack of empowerment in confronting the country's heavily flawed justice system. December 2020, Pakistan toughened its rape laws to create special courts to try cases within four months and provide medical examinations to women within six hours of a complaint being made. But activists say Pakistan continues to fail its women and does not have a nationwide law criminalizing domestic violence, leaving many vulnerable to assaults. In February, the brother of murdered social media star Kwandil Balok was freed by a Pakistani appeals court three years after he was convicted of killing her for bringing dishonor to the family. Pakistani so-called honor killings typically involve the murder of a woman by a relative who believes she has brought shame upon the family. At the time of Balok's murder, Pakistani law allowed the victim's family to pardon a convicted killer. What are your thoughts about this? Kindly leave a comment. Thank you. Marie Claire UK, 30th of December 2022. My partner cleared out my bank account and left me thousands in debts. 
Conversations around domestic abuse peaked in 2020 and 2021 as a pandemic and subsequent lockdown saw a spike in intimate partner violence. Now in 2022, as we face a cost of living crisis, it's time to talk about financial abuse. This is often misunderstood and unrecognized. Financial abuse is underreported and underdiscussed as a form of abusive behavior. But as Marisa Bate reports, it forces many women into poverty and despair. Now, at last, banks and the government are taking it seriously. Rosie, not her name, was in an abusive relationship for five years. It left her with PTSD, that is, post-traumatic stress disorder. She needed reconstructive surgery and she was financially devastated. Throughout a violent and emotional abusive relationship, Rose's ex-partner also demanded her pink codes and cleaned out her bank account by taking out loans and store cards in her name and leaving her responsible for finding work to support them, even when she was pregnant and looking after their child. She says, You are made to feel bad whenever you dare to ask for money. You are constantly kept in this poor financial state. And what people don't understand is if you are being abused, you do not feel confident to say in an interview, employ me, I am employable. You feel like you have nothing to offer because you've been worn down, says Rosie. There are so many factors to economic abuse that are just so damaging. You are kept in a state of confusion, fear, low self-esteem, you are isolated. When they finally separated, Rosie's ex-partner was put in prison for his violence. Rosie was left with mountains of debts. The letters started coming in and with thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. I will ring the debts company and plead with them, but they didn't listen. I moved into a house that had no flooring, no furniture, no cooking equipment. I had no money whatsoever. It's quite common that economic abuse accompanies domestic violence and coercive control, even if victims don't realize it is happening at the time. According to the research from the Cooperative Bank and Refuge, 86% of women who have experienced economic abuse have done so along with other types of intimate partner abuse. Yet, despite its prevalence, it has until very recently been misunderstood and unrecognized. Dr. Nicola Sharp-Jeffs, the founder of Surviving Economic Abuse, a UK charity dedicated to the issue said, it's a little bit like how fiscal abuse was responded to 40 years ago, where victims were not getting a response and feeling really helpless. The pandemic and the current cost of living crisis have prompted lawmakers to recognize economic abuse and make changes. The government has now included economic abuse as part of the statutory definition of domestic abuse in the Domestic Abuse Bill. Also, UK Finance, an industry trade body, has now published a voluntary code of conduct which most banks and building societies have signed up to. Stories of how perpetrators were using financial products to control their partners have also started to be reported in the newspapers and on TV and radio. In the light of this, a few things have become startlingly clear. Economic abuse is a form of coercive control that forces women into poverty. Perpetrators control spending, force loans to be taken out, 
rack up debts in their partner's names, spend their partner's savings and destroy their credit history. The current cost of living crisis is feared to have a catastrophic impact on victims of domestic abuse. The cost of living crisis gives perpetrators the opportunity to exert control. Scarcity and price rises will give perpetrators the excuse for abuse and will reduce survivors' options and perceptions of their options if they were to leave. If abuse is about control, then economic abuse is a particularly effective strain because we exist in a society that functions entirely around money. The abuse therefore not only controls the victim, but in every possible way, the victim's interaction with the rest of the world and how the rest of the world interacts with them, in particular financial institutions. There is more that needs to be done and it's going to be a constant learning phase. In relation to financial abuse. Your bank account is the footprint of your life. It tells everybody what you do every day, says Chambers. Is someone you know a victim of economic abuse? These are five ways to spot if a loved one may be experiencing economic abuse. Restricted spending and access to finances. Problems with joint finances. Unusual shopping behaviors. A change in working habits or attitude becoming increasingly isolated. If you want to know more about the signs and impact of economic abuse, visit survivingeconomicabuse.org. Birmingham Life Reported by Annabelle Bagdi on December 29, 2022 A controlling boyfriend ripped clumps of his partner's hair out and threatened to kill her during his 14-month campaign of abuse. Carl Taylor Shepard choked, punched, kicked and slapped his girlfriend, leaving her feeling sick to her stomach whenever she was at their black country home. The heroin abuse took such a toll on her life, the woman tried to kill herself earlier this year, after Shepard was arrested for his crimes. Has been locked up for his appalling abuse. Wolverhampton Crown Court heard how the couple started a relationship in June 2020, but it very quickly deteriorated. He did not like her spending time with her family, so they would argue with the convict, telling her, You don't love me anymore, so what's the point of me being here? He even called her grandfather, who had dementia and suffered heart failure, a silly old cunt. During one incident at her mother's house, Shepard grabbed the woman around the neck and tried to kick her. He eventually stormed off, shouting at the victim and her family after he was called an abuser. Prosecutor Amanda O'Mara said, The convict accused his girlfriend of cheating on him before pushing her to the ground. Five days later, he sent a message threatening to kill her and went on to give her a black eye after punching her later that month. On another occasion, the woman sent her uncle a message saying, Come and get me. He's going to kill me. Arthur Shepard refused to let her out of their flat. Shepard of Bushbury Lane, Wolverhampton, then shouted at her family when they arrived at the property to help her. He later promised to change his behavior, but he never did. Police were called on one occasion after the victim was seen screaming and crying, but she was too afraid to file a report with officers. The relationship eventually ended, but Shepard sent her a message saying he will kill himself with a picture of a knife to his wrist. He then cut up her jogging bottoms 
and threw out some of her jeans. In another message, he threatened to kill her before begging for money and blaming her for the breakdown of their relationship. Rose's mental health also deteriorated after being forced to bottle up her emotions and she tried to take her own life earlier this year. Shepard says he's extremely sorry for the way he has treated Rosie at the time. Sentencing on December the 1st, Judge Thomas said Shepard consumed cannabis, which altered his behavior during the couple's relationship. He added, what has been outlined to me is an appalling history of abuse of what is clearly a very vulnerable young lady. She tried to keep the relationship going and did not make a complaint, which is very common within such situations, but it seemed to have made Shepard continue the abuse. Shepard, who had no previous convictions, admitted engaging in controlling and coercive behavior between January 1st, 2021 and March 2nd, 2022. He also admitted to harassment between February 3rd and March 23rd of 2022. He was jailed for two years and made subject to a three-year restraining order. Mirror News, 3rd of January 2023, reported by Ben Glaze. A Tory councillor who said alleged rape victim who was raped in Plumstead Park, London, was likely a prostitute. The councillor is facing a party probe. His comments have triggered outrage and calls for him to quit. We can now reveal Mr. Slater is a parliamentary pass holder who works for Conservative MP Jackie Doll Price. Former Health Minister Ms. Doll Price told the Mirror, I'm very disappointed with his comments. You will know that I'm probably one of the most outspoken campaigners against violence against women and girls. Ms. Doyle Price stated, I am on record in Parliament as saying that I won't be happy until violence against female sex workers is taken as seriously as violence against young pretty middle-class women. Or she added, there is no question of me taking any action against him because he's entitled to articulate his own views in his own time. There is no breach of his employment conditions with me, but he will know how disappointed I am with him. Mr. Slater, he is one of Ms. Doyle Price's office staff, sits on Bromley Council in South East London. Labour's group leader on the authority, Simon Gerald, said he and the local party were disgusted by the remarks and called on the Tories to publicly condemn his comments. The Lib Dems group leader, Julie Ireland, has written to the council leader, Colin Smith, calling for Councillor Sean Slater to be suspended from the Conservative Party, pending an investigation into comments he made about an alleged rape victim. In her letter, she said it was really offensive case of victim shaming, which has no place in our society and should be condemned by all political parties. She added... What a terrible message to send to women and girls in his ward and across the borough that violence against them is likely to be trivialized and victim condemned rather than the perpetrator. She called for an immediate apology and for Mr. Slater's suspension and demanded an investigation by the Council Standard Committee. The Labour group in Uppington has also formally complained to the Council, stating, We cannot have vile attitudes like this 
pervade our society. The mirror understands Mr. Slater as the subject of a Conservative Party disciplinary process, though it's unclear if he has been suspended. A party spokesman said, We have an established code of conduct and formal processes where complaints can be made in confidence. This process is rightly confidential. A Bromley Council spokeswoman said, We have received complaints relating to this matter, which the council will now investigate. Speaking to the Mirror on Monday, Mr. Slater defended his remarks, claiming, I'm not promoting rape, am I? Asked if it was appropriate for a councillor to suggest an alleged rape victim was a prostitute. He insisted, I said it was a possibility. I think if there's a problem with that, and the police haven't been solving it for many years, I think that is a problem. What are your thoughts about this statement? Kindly leave a comment. Thank you. I'm your host, Grace Hopper, for Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza. See you on our next episode. Thank you and bye for now. If you've got any questions or inquiries, you can get in touch rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com or our social media platforms rising above shadows of abuse twitter rising above abuse